Good morning. That was pretty, pretty good preaching there. I'll have, to, I'll have to do a little better than that today. Hey, it's good to see you. Hey, you, you all know this is not the 1015 service, right? <laughs> Got the clocks right. How many of you are thankful for uh, iPhones? And if you can't afford one of those, an uh, and Android. Because they get you through Time Change Sunday, right? It's great, great to be here. I want to welcome those of you who are joining us from an off-site campus or on the internet, wherever you happen to be. We're glad that you are here. What a, what a privilege it is to be here. I, I love your pastors. Do you love your pastors, TJ and Kayla? Yeah, that was a little weak. I'm going to say it again. Earlier services did much better. You didn't hear me. It's okay. I love your pastors. What do you think? I love TJ. That's better. I think they were sincere. I do. Uh, TJ told me last night that it's the third service. We'll talk. We'll get into preaching in a minute. That you guys had world-class chai. And I'm not a chai drinker. So I went out and got some chai just before I came in. It's really not bad. It's, It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So whoever did that, that's great. Uh, my name's Greg Surratt. I am the founding pastor at Seacoast Church, and uh, uh, one of my jobs is uh, I'm now president of ARC, the Association of Related Churches, and we plant churches, and you guys uh, give toward planting churches. Uh, a little bit of everything that you give goes toward planting life-giving churches like this. How many of you would agree that every community needs life-giving churches like this? Yeah. Every community does. And... Uh, We've planted a thousand of them together over the last 20 years, and so kind of excited about that. Um, I'm married uh, to my girlfriend. Uh, she was she was my high school sweetheart, and uh, oh, and we've been married for 45 years this year, and uh, we have yeah that's good, and we have four kids, and they all live right around us in Charleston, South Carolina, and uh, we have 14 grandkids now. How many of you are grandparents? Any grandparents here? How many of you would say if you're a grandparent, if you'd have known it was this good, you would have skipped parenting, gone right to grandparenting, right? Isn't that, that, isn't that good? All right. So I want to show you a picture of my grandkids. And, uh, oh, that's the reason I do that. Because you guys like me already, right? It's half the deal. We do blonde. And um, they're all about the same age. This is a couple, three years ago. They would kill me for showing this picture. Just point out a couple things. The girl on the far right, we believe she's coming to Jesus. We believe that. Hadn't happened yet. Um, and then this little guy in the middle. See the guy in the, I, I don't know if you can tell, but in the seersucker jacket. Now, you need to know about seersucker jackets. I don't know if they're big down here, but that's part of the Charleston uniform. In the summer, you've got to have a seersucker jacket, especially if you go to a wedding in the summer. You've got to wear one of those. And his name's Kingston. He's named after his great-grandpa King, and um, he is a pistol, let me tell you that. His mama's name's Jenna, my daughter-in-law. In In fact, she was hosting the service at Seacoast. I was watching it just a few minutes ago, and Jenna believes in essential oils. Is there anybody here that you just believe in? Lift those hands. You believe in essential oils. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea until a few years ago about essential oils. Um, apparently, if you um, diffuse a certain odor 
or <laughs> fragrance, certain fragrance uh, in your child's room, you can guarantee that they will grow up to be president someday. <laughs> and, um, and if you need healing, there is actually, isn't that right? Do you know which one it is? The oil the, for... A lot of them. There's a lot of them, just all of them. Pick one. <laughs> will heal you. In fact, essential oils is the greatest thing since Jesus. It really is. And Jenna believes in them, and so she was diffusing a fragrance for Kingston that would do all of these things. Get them healed, uh, educated, you know, all that. And one morning she walks in and it was just a terrible, terrible smell. And she didn't know what it was. And it took her uh, almost two days to figure out that, she asked Kingston, she said, what do you know about it? He didn't know a thing, had no idea. Two days to figure out he had peed in the diffuser. So for nearly 48 hours, they were diffusing <laughs> non-essential oils, okay? <clears throat> and uh, I love that. And so that's when I started to study uh, diffusers and stuff. And uh, once I figured out, you know what? Uh, you can't do that by accident. As a grandfather, I was proud of that boy. I, was, I know Jenna was mad. <clears throat> I was proud of him. Um, but how many of you know she was surprised in, in that moment? Yeah. Have you ever been surprised by something? Yeah. I mean, maybe you were surprised by, you know, something that happened. Maybe it wasn't funny. Maybe it was something serious that happened in a relationship. Or you were surprised recently by, you know, something that happened in your finances. Or maybe in the business you own or the business you work for. Or it could have been a, a, a physical surprise. You got a a report from the doctor that you weren't expecting, you were surprised. You were surprised. I know um, the last couple of years has been a surprise. How many of you saw COVID coming? I mean, pastors didn't because it was 2020. And a lot of pastors preach at the beginning of the year a vision message and we could not wait for 2020 because we're gonna preach a 2020 vision. And none of that stuff happened. In fact, it was two years ago this weekend that the world shut down. The world shut down. Now, what I want to do is I want to talk to you just a few minutes about things going on in your life. You say, you don't even know me. I don't. But I feel like I've got a word for this church. And by the way, God's doing good things here. And it's only just started. It really has. It, I, I believe there are going to be some great things uh, in the future. And I uh, can't wait to see them. So you need to invite me back in the future when good things start happening again. That was supposed to be funny, but <laughs> apparently not. But um, I, I don't know you, but I do know God's word. And God's word has some specific things to say about what's next. And uh, so I want to I talk to you about what I know about the next season. I'm going to give you three uh, pretty simple things. It's a simple message. How many of you know that simple is not easy? There's a difference between simple and easy. And so uh, we want to dive in and, and um, take good notes. And I believe that God will speak to us during this time. Here's the first thing I know about this church and about uh, you is that there is going to be blessing in the next season. In your next season, there is going to be blessing. How do I know that? Because it is God's nature 
to bless. It's who he is. God does not have a supply chain problem when it comes to delivering his blessings to you. How many of you are glad for that? Yeah, it's, it's God's nature. In fact, um, Psalm chapter 145 and verse 9 says this, for the Lord is good to most people. Let me read that again. That was the revised substandard perversion. That wasn't God's word. The God, God is good to mostly Democrats. No, it's not Republicans. It's not Libertarians or Independents. What does it say? God is good to all. Let me tell you why that's important. In our polarized world, you probably know somebody that doesn't vote like you or think like you, or there may be some serious conflict with somebody at work or in your own family. We all have that. You need to know that um, God is good to them. God is good to you. God is good to all. Why? Because it is his nature to bless. Look at the next verse. Taste and see that the Lord is what? Is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Taste and see. See if God doesn't bless. See if God isn't good. And then in Matthew 7, in the New Testament, Jesus says it this way. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. There's a universal principle that it is God's nature to bless his people and there will be blessing in the next season. Let me talk about that just a little bit and qualify it, okay? I believe that the measure of blessing in the new season, next season, is largely dependent on us. We almost, we almost control, to some degree, the measure of blessing. Because here's the principle. Blessings follow obedience. Have you discovered that in your life? Blessings follow obedience. It's a principle throughout the entire Bible. In fact, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4 is arguably the most important scripture in the Old Testament. Uh, it's called the Shema. It's kind of a liturgical prayer among the Jewish people, God's people. In fact, there's a Jewish synagogue right next door. They would understand this. Uh, we're commanded to teach your kids this prayer in the, in, in the morning, at noon, at night, along the way. Uh, they were commanded to teach that, Hear, O Israel, that the Lord is one, and that we are to love him with all of our heart and our soul and our strength. Now, most important verse, arguably, in the Old Testament. So it's good to kind of get context around those things that you don't just cherry pick, but look at the context uh, in, in the verse. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verses 1 through 3, it says this. These are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must what? Obey, Obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. And you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long you as you live. If you what? Obey, Obey all his decrees and commands you will enjoy a long life. How many of you know there's a difference between just living a long life and enjoying a long life? Yeah. He says, you will enjoy. There will be blessing if you what? 
obey, obey, obey. All, all will go well with you. Uh, you will have uh, many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Obey, obey. Because if you obey, o- blessings follow obedience. Okay? Now, let's look at a, another scripture just two chapters down. In Deuteronomy 8, verse 7, it says, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks and streams and deep springs gushing out into the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. Where was he taking them? Well, yeah, but he was taking them to Whole Foods in Israel, okay? Because <laughs> it has everything there that's good, right? It's all good for you. He says, I'm taking you there. Now, what's interesting is I've read that passage, you know, and we've heard that passage over and over and over again. But a lot of times we miss the end of the pa- passage, which is so full of good stuff. Look what it says. It says, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. Who cares? What difference does that make? So important. Um, If you study history, geography, uh, you know that we have, and uh, you know, human beings have arbitrarily done this, but we we name an age. We're kind of in the technology age today. And uh, at every age, uh, there's a different uh, name, and those ages don't like butt up against one another they overlap. You got one ending and another beginning. Well, when this scripture was written, it was at the end of one age, the beginning of another. It was the end of the iron age. What does that mean? That means that the the currency of the day was iron. You made your your plows out of iron. You made your weapons out of iron. Iron was the currency of the day, all right? And so that's why it's important that there were iron rocks laying around. God's saying, I'll supply. In fact, I've supplied it there in abundance. What everybody else works for and wants, I will supply in abundance to you if you will obey me. All right? So there's the iron. The, the other uh, age that's budding up to is the Bronze Age. The Bronze Age, that's the age to come. And here's what he says. He says, if you will dig in the hills, you'll get what? Copper, which is the technology of the Bronze Age. And so God is saying, I'm going to supply for you, right? You obey. I will supply for you in this land the, the, the currency of today and the technology for tomorrow. But what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to dig for it. You're going to have to dig. And so I want to challenge you, Coastal Community Church, I want to challenge you to dig as you've never dug before. Because you're coming into a new age. And uh, uh, I, I want to challenge you to serve as you've never served before. It's interesting, I, um, uh, uh, we, we founded a, a retreat center for pastors in Charleston, 110 acres on the water. It's absolutely beautiful. And uh, we make it free for pastors and we want your pastor to come. So you guys need to send them and you're, uh, both of them. And we have men's and women's retreats and you guys have already given toward sponsoring uh, uh, pastors to come. Uh, but uh, I talked to a lot of pastors, and, and here's what they say through the whole COVID thing. One of the, one of the uh, most devastating things, nobody wants to serve anymore. You know, I mean, 
you, you see that in the restaurants that you go to. You see it in the churches that nobody wants to serve. We're in a new age. God is beginning to do a new thing. And I want to challenge you. Dig, serve as if it depended on you, okay? Not only serve, but uh, I, I, want, I want to challenge you to encourage as, it, as if it depended on you. I don't know if there's any currency that's needed more than encouragement these days. There are a lot of people that are just discouraged, you know, discouraged. And uh, uh, part of it is kind of what's happened in, in Hebrews chapter 10, and I think it's verse 25. I should have looked it up. I flew with this last service. If it's not 25, that's a great verse also. But um, it says, don't neglect the gathering together to it. To, uh, uh, as some are in the habit of doing. How many of you know that a lot of us got out of the habit of really gathering together? He says there's a purpose for it so that you can do what? You can encourage one another even more as the day comes. Well, I'm telling you what, the days are getting harder. I mean, you turn on the news. Look at our country, look at Ukraine, look at the impact of the entire world. Who knows what's gonna happen? I don't know. I know, I know I'm, I'm trusting in Jesus and so I'm not afraid, but we need to encourage one another. We need to give uh, as if it uh, depended. Dig deeply. Jesus said in Matthew 6 and verse 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. In fact, I call that verse the shortcut to success in your life. Uh, in fact, I'm going to uh, if there is a shortcut, that's it. There, there are some other factors involved. We've got a bunch of pastors coming in here tomorrow. Your pastor's gathering up a group of pastors. We're going to be able to speak to them. I'm going to teach them about my philosophy in life. And I'll just give you the four points. Uh, number one, uh, you can be successful at anything you do. If you put God first in everything, that's shortcut to success. If you treat people right, it's not rocket science. The Bible talks about that. If you work hard and if you don't do anything stupid, you do those four things. So I'm going to talk to the pastors about the fourth one, okay? But, uh, you, you, uh, but, but, he, but he says there, there will be blessing in the next season because that is the nature of God to bless. And I want you to claim that for your family, for this church. You're not going to like the second one as well, but we will get through it and get to the third one, which you'll like better. Here's the second one. In this next season, there will be challenges. There are going to be some challenges. Jesus was having a leadership talk with his, with his uh, folks. And uh, it's, it's, you find it from John 14 to John 17. They were in what's, what's called an upper room. They were in a, a room that was set up for the Passover. They were going to have the, 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 what we call the Lord's Last Supper. Uh, fortunately, Leonardo da Vinci was there, got a picture of the whole thing. We know what it looked like. They're all on one side of the table, kind of weird, but that's how it was. And Jesus teaches, teaches his, his leaders, and he says, I'm going away. And he says in John 16, verse 33, he says, in this world, you will have trouble. Does anybody have a testimony to that? Was Jesus right? Yeah. yeah. In this world, he says, you're going to have trouble. You were made and created to live in a garden. But there will be times when you will be in a wilderness fighting for your life. It's just going to be like that. Man, these last couple of, couple of years were like that as a, as a pastor. I, I remember in, in uh, probably June or July of 2020, I told my wife, I said, uh, 
I, I really feel for young pastors because this is the biggest leadership challenge in my, in, really in my lifetime, in 40 years of ministry. Biggest you, you had, you know, this trifecta of a pandemic and a crazy election and, and then uh, racial uh, division and, and uh, tension in our country. And then in our church, you add to that, one of our most popular teaching pastors took his own life uh, during the whole COVID time. And uh, it, was, it felt like we were in a wilderness. And then I have a, uh, I have a friend. Well, let me, let me say it like this. I, I, I like to go in the foyer and shake hands with people after service. I just do that. And uh, there was a period of time, about four weeks in a row, where I didn't go out in the foyer at all. And my wife said, why, don't, why aren't you out in the foyer? And I said, because it's not a safe space for me. Okay? Um, I, I got in this thing. Uh, because I like sheep, and I found out that some sheep bite, and, and some, some have a taste for shepherd, and some of them are actually rabid. They're rabid, and they want to bite you all the time, and, you know, oh, we don't want to wear masks. Oh, why aren't we wearing more masks? Why aren't we more Trump? Why are we less Trump? On and on and on and on. It was, it was, it was, it was awful. It was terrible. It was, it was like, it was like, wow, when's this going to be over? I had, I had a friend that wrote a blog, to pastors, and he said, how to pastor a church where nobody agrees with anybody about anything. And that's what last couple of years has been, been like. And we were coming off this great high. We had, we had built a building. It had taken us 20 years to build. That's a whole nother story. And uh, we had an art conference coming for the first time, and a lot of people coming to the church and receiving Christ and just having all kind of good things happen. And, and boom, here it came. And we felt like we were in a wilderness fighting for our lives. Have you ever felt like that? You may feel like that right now. So you may feel like that right now. It might be a physical thing. could be a relational deal. You know, it could be a financial deal. But, uh, and, and if you're a contractor right now, you know that everything is twice as hard, takes twice as long, and costs five times as much as you thought it was going to. And that's just over the next two weeks. You know, it's just crazy. feels like you're fighting for your life. Jesus has a scripture during this time when he's talking to his, his, uh, his leadership team. And he's talking to them about the fact that he's going to go away. They, they don't get that. And they're real nervous about that. And he says this, he says, very truly I tell you that unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. I, I think we could apply that. I know it's about Jesus, but we could apply that to our lives, to the dreams. Anybody ever had a dream that died? Anybody ever had a hope that died? A relationship that died? Okay and you didn't see it coming. It says, but if it dies, it produces many seeds. And Jesus is saying, when I, when I die, when I'm crucified, it will pro- it'll go from just this little group to just, it'll, it'll produce more seed than you can imagine. And I think one of the things that he's saying is that there's something about living that needs to embrace dying. Would you agree with me that there are some things that need to die? Selfishness needs to die. Would you agree with that? Anger needs to die. Fear needs to die. Greed needs to die. Racism needs to die. And often those deaths happen in the wilderness. In the wilderness. And so so the, 
there will be blessings in the coming time, but you're going to have some wilderness seasons. You're going to have some challenges in the next season, and some things are going to die that really need to die. They're the things that prevent us from the life that God has for us. But here's the good news. And one more is that some of our biggest blessings in this coming new season will come from our biggest challenges. Some of our biggest blessings will come from our biggest challenges. I want you to see something, okay? I'm going to read a scripture from Isaiah, but I want to I set it up for what it is because some of you, this is going to open your eyes to some things in your own life and how God's working with you. So Israel, God said, listen, if you obey me, these are the blessings that will follow you because blessings follow obedience. And they started out walking in obedience, but the longer it got, the further they got from God and they ceased to obey him. In fact, they defied him. And the result and consequences of that is that they were banished from their land and they were placed into several hundred years of wilderness. And now their hope is gone and they're discouraged. And Isaiah the prophet comes to them. And he says, there's coming a new day. There's coming a day and you need to be prepared for it. And he gives them a prophecy based on something I believe he has seen in the natural. And he makes a spiritual application for it. So let's read the scripture and I'll tell you about it. It says, even the wilderness and desert, which it's all they see around them, will be glad in this, those days, this day to come. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring crocuses. Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers and singing and joy. The deserts will become as green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as Mount Carmel or the plain of Sharon. There the Lord will display his glory, the splendor of our God. Let's, let's talk about what he's talking about. So there is a phenomena in the natural that occurs in certain deserts. It occurs in the deserts of California. It occurs in the deserts of Nevada. It occurs in the deserts of Israel. You can look it up, not right now, but it's called a super bloom. And what a super bloom is about is that you will get a desert that's gone through just a drought year after year after year after year after year, and it's desolate. It looks like nothing lives out there. And then there will come an abundance of rain it's almost like uh, too much rain, it seems like. And the rain will go down into some crevices and rocks, and it will uh, find some seeds that were dormant, but now they take root and they begin to bloom. And for a season, the desert looks like a garden. It's amazing. I believe he's seen that because it happens in Israel. And here's what he's saying in the spiritual. This is what I've seen in the natural. You're going to see in your lives and not too, too, too long forward. And they did. It was fulfilled there. But I believe it's a prophecy that we can walk into too. He says, there is going to, where there was a desert, there's going to become blooming. In your most difficult season, you're going to see God work and bloom in ways that you've never understood before. Okay. And where does that happen? Where does that happen? It says there God will display his glory, the splendor of our God. Where? In the wilderness. In the desert. He will display his glory. So, uh, I think it was 2019, may, may have been 2018, Thanksgiving. My youngest daughter, Jenny, uh, shared something with us as a family at the Thanksgiving table 
that sent us into a desert and into a wilderness. Um, she announced that she had breast cancer. Now, breast cancer is a big deal, and there are women who are survivors here, and I want to tell you, walking through it with my daughter, you're my heroes. You really are. In our family, it was a really big deal because my mother died of breast cancer at 54 years old, an aggressive form, and so the doctors had already always told my daughters that you need to be careful, you need to be checked, and all of this. Well, Jenny's 36, has three kids, and she has breast cancer. And so we start every, it was devastating to our family. We start every year in our church with 21 days of fasting and prayer. So my son Joshua is the lead pastor at the church now. And uh, he came to me and he said, Dad, what would you think if we started the 21 days on first Wednesday? We always have a first Wednesday every month where we have a worship night. And um, he said, we'll start it on first Wednesday and we'll end it on fourth Wednesday and have a healing and a prayer and healing service. And we've never had one of those before. And, and uh, we'll pray for Jenny and other people who need to be healed. I said, that sounds like a great, great idea. And, um, and, 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 so, and so here's how it came about. So our guitar player in our band, he's just a great player. He uh, leads the, uh, the um, technical part of our worship. And he also plays with, on the road with a band called Need to Breathe. I don't know if you guys heard of them and some others. They, they were in our church for a number of years. And, and um, he's just a great guy, good guy, very talented. But he had this debilitating disease. And, um, and so one of our other worship uh, leaders said, you know what? I know a guy in Nashville that is, just has a gift of faith and has prayed for some people. Would you mind him praying for you? So he prayed for Micah over the phone and Micah was healed. And went to his doctor, documented the whole thing. And we did a little thing on a uh, little video for our church on it. It was really faith inspiring. Well, my son said, how about if we bring Josh Silverberg in, who was the guy that prayed over him, and we'll just have him speak, and then we'll have prayer. It'll build our faith. I said, that's great. So Josh came in the night before, Silverberg, and we were interviewing him a little bit out at P.F. Chang's. God, God lives and moves at P.F. Chang's. And... Uh, and so I asked him, I said, Josh, I said, how do you normally, how do you normally handle it uh, when you preach in a large church for this type of thing? We were, you know, we were expecting a pretty good crowd. And he said, well, he said, I've never really preached in a large church. I said, okay. Uh, how do you handle it in a smaller church? He said, well, the truth is I never have really preached. I thought, Houston, we have a problem right here. And so I said, uh, where'd you learn how to pray? And he said, on the internet, YouTube. And I uh, thought, he's a millennial, that's about right. And uh, so, so the, the night of the service, I told him, I said, you know, on the weekends, we do about an hour, hour and 10 minutes like you guys do. We have to turn the services. And he, I, I said, on first Wednesday, we do about an hour and a half to an hour and 40 minutes uh, be, because we have uh, kids in the nursery and all of that. So that's about how we'll do. And so I want you to take about 15, 20 minutes at the max, share your testimony a little bit, Build our faith, then we'll pray for people and we'll have worship and all of that. So, seven and a half hours later, the service ended. Did you hear what I said? 2.30 in the morning, the service ended. I saw things I have never seen in my life. One of the last things is one of our worship leaders uh, has flat feet. I have flat feet, but hers were uh, more serious than mine. I, I wear a certain kind of shoes 
Uh, I wear hokas. That's all I have. I have six pairs of hokas. They aren't very fashionable, but they keep my feet from hurting. And I'd like Hoka to sponsor my ministry if they would. But anyway, hers is worse than mine. And she said, I would love to have arches. I'd love to have arches. And so they just prayed. Lord, let her have arches. By, she was the last one we prayed for. By 2.30 in the morning, you don't pray long prayers. Doesn't take a long time. Lord, give her arches. And we watched them grow. And she couldn't even walk. She had to relearn how to walk. And today, she still has arches. But we saw, we saw things that were at cancers, all kind of thing. And so what we did was the next morning, uh, we had a meeting at 9 o'clock. Josh called it, my son. He said, we better meet. We may have ruined our church. We, we've never experienced anything like this. What do we do? So we took the name of the 220 people that night that said that they were healed, identified. And we divvied it up. And over the next two weeks, we called them. Are you still healed? Uh, have you been to a doctor? You know, and, and a significant number of them were. And so we did it again about six weeks later. That first time we had 1,000 people, our building would at that point seat 1,350. Second time we did it, um, 3,000 people tried to get in. And we had an, another two to 300 people who were healed. It was absolutely unreal, unreal. Most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. In fact, you guys, the second song that you sang in the worship set this morning was House of Miracles, written by our worship leader, Brandon Lake. And it was written about that time in our church. And somebody, as I was walking out, the second service said, I didn't know Brandon Lake was your worship leader. I thought he was Elevation. No, we just loan him there every once in a while. But he grew up in our church, and he's one of our worship leaders. He wrote the song about those experiences, and it was just incredible, incredible, incredible. And so, uh, and so my, my daughter... Uh, was not one of the ones that re received a miraculous healing. In fact, uh, I believe, and your pastor, TJ, can clean up. You know, he might do a series, five weeks on uh, five heresies that Greg preached uh, this week, giving him something to preach about. But I believe that everybody I pray for is healed. Some are healed miraculously. Some are healed by medicine. And some get to go to Jesus. And never forget, that's the goal. That's the goal. That's where we're all going. Someday these bodies wear out. That's where we're going. Well, my, my daughter did not receive a miraculous healing. In fact, she told me early on, she said, Dad, I think that I'm going to go through this. And I think it's going to be for a purpose. She, she dealt with inf infertility uh, and has helped a lot of women in that area. And she said, I think I'll, I'll, I'll be able to help in this area. And it's been a long journey. Um, what was supposed to be a year journey it turned into a two-year journey. But I want to tell you today, she's cancer-free. She's cancer-free. But what we discovered, not only in our church, but in our, there's a whole new atmosphere in our church. I'm going to tell you something. Let me tell you something. That's why when I came in here today for each of these three services, I don't just nonchalantly come into this building because when God is in the house, anything can happen. Anything can happen. And uh, it's, it's revolutionized our church. It's been an incredible thing in our family uh, but it came out of the, the deepest challenge, deepest challenges that we've ever had. Well, here's, here's what I want to say to you as I close, and that's this. I don't know you well, but I do know this. This next season is going to bring many blessings because that's who God is. There are going to be challenges because that's where we live. This is, how of you know, this is a nice place, especially South Florida, but this, this isn't heaven. There are going to be, Jesus said, in the world, 
you will have trouble. But the biggest blessings are going to come from your greatest challenges. Jesus didn't stop there. He said, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Well, I want to, uh, I want to pray with you guys. And I want to do three quick prayers. It doesn't take long prayers. I, b- I believe God is going to move in our hearts today. First group of people I want to pray for are those of you who need to put your yes on the table. Remember the very first point, that blessing follows what? Obedience. Yes. 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 For some of us, the yes is a yes to follow Jesus. Maybe you've never done that before. You just want to say, yes, I, I, I receive the invitation to be a part of God's family and to follow Jesus. I don't understand all about it. I know that he died for me, and I, my yes is on the table. Some of you need to do that today, today. Others of us, we've been following Jesus from a distance, and you need to re-up and say, I put my yes on the table. Some of us, um, there's just some, maybe it's a next step. Maybe it's a baptism or uh, to serve or give or whatever it happens to be. And, and you know what God is moving you toward. You need to walk in obedience so that blessing can follow you. Put your yes on the table. When I pray, I want you to do that, okay? I want you to agree with me on it. There are some of you here today that you have a physical issue in your body, or maybe it's an emotional or psychological issue, um, or maybe it's with someone you love and you just want to agree. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to believe that God heals because I have seen it over and over and over again. I want you to agree with me on that. And then, and then some of you, you're at a quitting point in the desert. There's something you're thinking about quitting right now. And you know what? The bloom is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Galatians 6, 9 says, don't be weary in doing good. For in due season, you will reap a harvest if you don't quit. And so I want you, as we pray, to say, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to start looking for flowers. I'm going to anticipate and look for the bloom in the relationship, the business, whatever it happens to be. There's, there, there's a time to quit, but usually it's not when you think it is. And uh, God wants you to, to persevere in this. So let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this wonderful group of people Uh, and God, the first group that I pray for are those who need to put their yes on the table. Some of us are putting our yes for the first time. We're saying yes to you. Just say that in your own spirit. Yes to you. Yes, God. I want to follow you. I want to receive the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Lord, others have walked at a distance, and we're going to put our yes up front right now. We're going to walk in obedience, expecting blessing. God, I pray for those who, who there's a, a next step that they're going to walk in obedience to. God, I pray right now for those who need healing in this room or those that know others that do. God, I pray that you would begin to heal our body. For some of us, it's in our ears. For some, it's in a jaw. Maybe even on the left side, maybe it's a dental thing. For some, it's, it, it's, it's uh, the heart or the lungs or in the chest. Or maybe it's in, 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 a, in a leg, a sense maybe in a, in a left leg, somebody is in this place that you are healing right now and you're touching right now. Lord, I pray for emotional 
needs that only you can heal. And Father, we pray in the name of Jesus and by the stripes that you've taken that healing would come. And Father, I pray for a third group. I pray for those who are quitting or want to quit. Maybe they've already put their resignation in mentally. And we're going to tear that up right now. And we're going to look for the bloom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Greg, for speaking that amazing.